DarbyCast Wednesday, Economics Wednesday. What's up, doctor? Doctor, I'm going to say that if you have listened to fewer than five episodes, you are in your residency. You don't get the Derbyshire DarbyCast doctorate. You can't tell people about it until you've listened to at least five episodes. And that's like kind of an honor system. Sure, you could go out and lie, but how shitty would you feel deep down? Like if you're listening to the show, you've got a conscience because you're a good person. But if you, if you manufactured the truth, what's that? A lie. If you lied to somebody and you're like, I'm a Darby cast doctor and you said it loud and proud, but you weren't really credentialed. You kind of thought you could just breeze by. Whoever hears that, first off, they're probably going to be like, I don't know what that is, period. Second off, that person's going to be like, you didn't seem so sure about that. What, what's really going on? And then you're going to have to, you're going to have to tell that person, like, I lied to you about something that I had no business lying about. I don't even know what the hell's going on in the entire world, but I thought now would be a good time to lie to you about an honorary doctorate that was gifted to me by some mysterious stranger on the internet. He tells good jokes. I think that's what you're saying. You see, like, I th- he tells good jokes. I think, I think a good portion of people who listen to this podcast, maybe once or twice, they're like, what the fuck just, what did I just listen to? Like, what in the world was that? Imagine your first episode being like episode 23, right? You hop in and I'm talking about the Fountain of Youth, Power Spheres, Elon Musk and James Cameron exploring the depths of the oceans in a submersible with a chandelier and a robust CD collection. How do you even talk about that with somebody? Like, how do you even tell people what you've been doing? I don't know if you have any activities that you do that you'd be like embarrassed to bring up or you just wouldn't know how to explain it. Maybe. Like, how do you even work that into a conversation? Somebody's like, hey, what did you, how was your day? And be like, oh, I heard this hypothetical about James Cameron playing the Alanis Morissette CD Jagged Little Pill while in a submersible with Elon Musk and then they go and they find power spheres. Like when you say that to somebody, I think there's pretty much two reactions. They're either going to hit you with the shut up and kiss me or they're going to be like, just lose my number, will you? And I like that. I like that. I like having an opinion. I like having things to say. And I like being a little bit polarizing. I don't mind that. Because it's like, ah, if you're not on board, whatever. There's plenty of fish in the proverbial sea. James Cameron gets it. It's about time you kind of picked up on that as well. But let me drag you further into obscurity while we're on the subject. You're saying, how are you going to do that? And I'm going to say, that episode about Rumpelstiltskin, I got a lot of positive feedback about that. 
almost too much positive feedback. Email inbox, flooded. Couple gals panties, flooded. Out of respect for Rumpelstiltskin. A little fucking goblin. But check this. So I was getting so many emails. I was getting text messages as well. Yeah, a couple of people have my number. Oh. They're like, hey, let me make a request. Can you get more into that kind of crap? Like, can you just tell stories the way that you like to tell stories? Because you talk like an idiot and it's really, it's funny sometimes. And I'm like, I know, I get it. So for the past week or so, I've really been dipping into German folklore of the 1800s. And that's something that like, I'm comfortable telling you about, but I know a lot of you are, if you're driving while you're listening to this or you're around a mirror, you probably just made eye contact with yourself and be like, can I pull that off? Could I pull a close friend aside and be like, hey, I've been reading a lot of 1800s German folklore lately. And it's actually been, I've been having a really good time. Could you say that? Because if you can't lose those friends, right? You got to get rid of them. You do. You totally do. But also, you got to say it with force. You got to be like, this is how I've been spending my time. and I love it. I have been reading folklore from the 1800s, German folklore. I'm thinking about getting into things from Norway next. Irish folklore interests me as well. But that might be a thing in coming months. Say it with confidence and you're going to go far. But let me direct your attention to some of my favorite stories of really the past week. A couple new ones that I hadn't heard. Because like Rumpelstiltskin, heard of it. I grew up on Rumpelstiltskin. That probably came through when I was retelling it last week in the episode, The Miller's Hot Daughter. If you haven't listened to it, Honestly, just pause this and go to that right now. And then just meet us back here when you're done with that. Rapunzel, everybody knows it. Hansel and Gretel, right? The Big Bad Wolf, Little Red Riding Hood. Ever heard of it? Right. Of course you have. But let me tell you about the mouse, the bird, and the sausage which in German is von dem Mauschen Vogelchen in der Bratwurst. And that's tale 23 of the Grimm's Fairy Tales. And let me just kind of give you the rundown because it's, it's a short story, but it's powerful. I really enjoyed this one. There's a mouse, there's a bird, and there's a sausage, and they live together. They're roommates. And... The bird is in charge of bringing home wood from the forest. The mouse gets water and he makes the fire and he sets the table. You're saying, well, what does that sausage do? I say the sausage cooks. Okay. So there's a nice division of labor going on in this household. I read this and I'm instantly captivated because I'm a sucker for division of labor. So one day, the bird, he's flying around, doing his job, 
a couple other birds, they heckle him. They're like, what's up, you fucking idiot? And they really make fun of him. They lay into him pretty hard and they say, hey, you're doing all the work. That mouse and that sausage that you live with, they don't really do a whole lot. You're, you're their little whipping boy. That wasn't in the text. I just kind of ad-libbed that. But said, so you're a slave. You're a bird slave. And as a bird, you don't want to be called that. that. That's the last thing you want to be called. So, bird is, he got called out. He got called out. So, the next day, the bird suggests, hey, guys, like, can we mix it up? Like, maybe we change a couple of the chores. I don't want to get wood anymore. In fact, I refuse to go to the forest completely. So this is an ultimatum. This is not a suggestion. The mouse and the sausage. Boy, the astonishment on that sausage's face. They oppose the idea at first. But in the end, the bird strong arms him into it and says like, fuck you guys. I will, I will murder you in your sleep. That's not in the story either. Yeah, the, the mouse and the sausage, they're just not about it. The sausage is very offended because he's a good cook. And the mouse, he's kind of been getting a free ride, let's be honest. Set the table. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> Come on. So check this. The bird says, I want to go get the water and set the table and do what the mouse is doing. Like that's an... It's an obvious one. They live like right next to a creek. The mouse was just phoning it in on a daily basis. What the story doesn't go into is like, what was the mouse doing with the rest of his day? Because he could have dipped by the river and picked up a bucket of water. And you set the table for three. How long does that take, pal? Not very long, right? So the bird's like, yeah, I want that plush job give it to me and then the sausage draws the short stick right he he gets cornholed and he has to collect wood which is the tough job that's the toughest one the mouse gets to cook i don't think the mouse really knows how to cook the bird really what an what an ass just because you get made fun of by your friends doesn't mean that you go change up your living situation and be like, Hey guys, like, I know we got a good thing going, but like, but, um, I was bullied and, uh, I'm going to need you to make some adjustments rather than just like adjusting his attitude and being like, Hey, other birds, those are my friends and my housemates. And we all pitch in and I'm good at collecting wood. And your criticism doesn't even phase me. You guys are losers. You're going nowhere. You're going nowhere. You can fly and you are going nowhere. Understand? And then you just fly off. That should have been the conversation, but it just wasn't. So sausage takes off to gather wood in the forest. He is gone for a long time. In fact, he doesn't come home. And then, you know what? The bird kind of shows up and at least has a bit of a conscience. And he says, Hey, I'm worried for sausage. Where is sausage? Where is der Bratwurst? This is a good question. 
So the bird goes out, he goes, it's like, it's dusk and he finds a dog who definitely attacked and ate the sausage (laughs) dog on sausage crime. And the bird goes up to the dog and he's like, Hey, so, uh, so what, uh, what happened here? And the dog, this isn't like a good dog, right? He lies and he's like, this is the best part of the whole, this is the best part of the whole story. He says, the dog who can talk, (laughs) I feel like I should have mentioned that from the get goes, all these animals can talk and the sausage can like cook. (laughs) So thanks for suspending. What the hell was, who wrote this? It wasn't the Brothers Grimm. They were just collectors. The Brothers Grimm, they weren't actually handing a lot of these stories. They were just collecting them. I don't know what that looks like. You just go into a village and you'd be like, hey, you, old guy over there, what's a good story? And then the old guy's like, let me tell you about a sausage. And it's like, all right, like whatever that gets so. Um, so the dog lies and he says the sausage was carrying a lot of forged letters with him and therefore needed to be punished with his life wow sausage was into white collar crime that's that makes sense though the bird can't argue with that because he lived with the guy and he was like yeah so the sausage actually was kind of a sketchball he made good food but he was sketchy so he goes home and he tells the mouse what happened. And and they're like, all right, well, I guess we're just going to have to do it. Just the two of us now. So the bird has already completely imploded the living situation in the division of labor. Like he is just now you got two creatures trying to do the job of three. So the mouse is like, listen, bird, you're a, you're a mess. Just have a cup of tea. Sit down. Let me cook. So the mouse starts cooking and he imitates the sausage. And the sausage used to have a pretty particular uh, style of cooking where he would dip himself in the water and, and then roll around in it and season the food. The mouse tries to go for that, but he's not a sausage. So he burns to death. The bird is like, what just happened? And he just panics and he starts ripping apart the house. And he's like, what is the deal? And then the house catches on fire. And in order to put out the fire, the bird, he goes out to the well to get some water. And because that's his new job. He falls into the water after dropping the bucket in and he can't get back out and he drowns. The end. That is a big story. That's a big story. That's one of the biggest stories I've ever heard. So what are the takeaways? Number one theme, obviously, know your role. Number two, If people are heckling you or birds are heckling you, don't even listen to them. Just be like, yeah, forget you. We are a good team in our cottage. The mouse isn't a very capable 
housemate, but he at least tries. The sausage is good at cooking. I know collecting wood is tough, but like, who are you guys to say any of this? Who are you? If the bird had just flown away, those other birds probably would have gotten shot by a blunderbuss. They would have. If this were a different story, because I've read enough of these stories at this point to know how these things go. If he had just been like, forget you, your uppins will come. They immediately would have been mauled by rabid beagles. And that would have been the end of it. You're up for one more. You're up for another one. Okay. We'll do one of Kyle's favorites. We'll do, uh, Kyle, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it, man. Don't worry about it. Here we go. Put the stuff up on the screen. We're going to be fine. So this one is called Bearskin, otherwise known as Der Bärenhauter. And this is another Brothers Grimm. Okay. There is this fella. I'm going to retell the story and then we'll talk about themes. That's a good way to do it. It's the only way to do it, to be honest. So let me tell you about Bearskin. There was this dude and he was a soldier. He was good too. He murdered people with relative ease during a war. The war in the story is unnamed, but I'm going to tell you right now, it was a big one. The war ends and this guy shows up at his folks house and they're dead and his brothers are at the house and they're like sorry you can't stay here pal see ya so he's like okay which is weird because I feel like in a situation like that you want to call out your brothers and be like what uh on what grounds are you are you calling me out like this why just tell me why so the soldier, he says, all right, I'm out of here. And as he's leaving, a fella with a green coat and hooves appears to him and says, hey, what's up, brah? Let me make you rich. And the soldier's like, what's your angle, stranger? Which is fair. That's a good question. And the green-coated man with hooves, he says, all you got to do is for seven years, you can't cut your hair, clip your nails, bathe, you can't pray, and you've got to wear this cloak that I've got for you. And the soldier's like, this, I don't know, guy with hooves. But then the guy with hooves is like, hey, if if you make it seven years, you're going to be rich and free. And if you, if you die during this time, then, uh, then the devil will take you. You go straight to hell. And the soldier's like, oh, well, I can't stay with my brothers, so game on, sir. And it turns out that that guy was the devil, the guy with the hooves, who knew that a guy with hooves could be a demon. 
he gave him the green coat he was wearing. And then he was like, oh, by the way, so the pockets are full of limitless money. You seriously reach in there. There's a ton of gold. Always. It never runs out, but you can't take a bath. And he's like, here's a bear skin that you got to wear it and you got to sleep in it. And it's going to smell like absolute hell. And people are going to call you bearskin, and you're going to be disgusting. And the guy's like, well, all right. So bearskin, he's like, all right, this is my life now. And he's, he did it right. He started giving money to the poor. And he says, guys, I'm not allowed to pray. Can you pray for me? I'll give you this money. You need it a lot. I need somebody to pray for me. I just entered indentured servitude with Satan. Please, could you help? And after a couple years of doing that, he became fairly disgusting. When you don't bathe for years, you're not really killing it with the ladies. In fact, he was so off-putting that he kept having to pay more and more to just stay anywhere. Like if he would go to an inn, they'd be like, whoa, hey, that's a walking pile of feces. You can't stay here, man. You stink. But then he's got like the unlimited cash. He's got that cheat code with the green coat. And he's like, but like gold. And they're like, honestly, you almost smell so bad that like this doesn't even matter. Can you imagine? Pretty crazy. So he does that for about four years. And remember, this is a seven-year deal. So in the fourth year, he hears this old guy just bitching. And he's like, ah, everything sucks. And Bearskin's like, all right, man, what's, uh, what's up? And the guy's like, well, I lost all my money. I got these daughters and I can't, I can't pay for an innkeeper. And I'm going to get sent to jail. It's like, whoa, dude, you got a lot going on. So Bearskin, he says like, all right, like you can stay at this inn. I'll pay for it. Like, yeah, I know. I smell like garbage. Just like, shut up. I'm trying to help. And he gives the old man, he's like, here, just take this gold too. And like kind of spoil your daughters a little bit, but make sure you don't go too hard. I don't want them ending up being just entitled fucking losers which is a good call out so the old guy is like hey thanks you smelly heap i am gonna make one of my daughters marry you because i'm so thankful and he's like look come on come on come with me come let's let's go check this out like come check out my daughters let's uh what do you think so the oldest comes up and immediately she just runs away just screaming from the sight, not the smell, the sight. So at this point, you're like, whoa, I thought this was just an olfactory kind of situation, but he can't trim his nails. He probably hasn't been brushing his teeth. His skin is filthy. It's a bad look. The middle one, there's three of these daughters. So the middle daughter comes up and says, Sir, you look worse than a bear that 
is trying to act human. Like if a bear tried to pass itself off as a human, I would rather marry the bear. <laughs> Whew, a little rough. But the youngest one is like, Dad, I'll, I'll do it. I'm in. And Bearskin, the guy, the soldier, says, I respect that. I know I'm pretty rough around the edges right now, but like, I'll see you in three years. Here's half of a ring. And then her sisters were like, I can't believe you were just consorting with that vagrant. That guy smelled like an outhouse. He smelled like a latrine. What in heaven's name were you doing? What, you're going to marry that guy? You're going to snuggle with him? You're going to barf every night if you snuggle with him. Younger sister. She didn't really have a name. So three years later, Bearskin, he's just like, I'm so tired. This sucks. I smell like rotting eggs inside of a, a dumpster fire in Vietnam in the 80s. And he finds the devil and he's like, all right, dude, like this has got to end now. And then the devil bathes bearskin. He clips his nails. He cuts his hair until the guy's like, he's looking pretty good. Actually, he's looking, he's looking real good. And then bearskin, he's like, yeah, now would you just uh, go ahead and you say the Lord's prayer? You know, little, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. All of that. The devil tells Bearskin, like, watch it. Don't push it. You won the bargain. You won the deal. And I'm out of here. So Bearskin's like, he's clean shaven. He's got all the money ever. He dresses up as a fine gentleman. And he goes back to the old guy's house with the daughters. And the older sisters, are immediately just soaked and they're all over him. They're like, Hey, could you plow me? They each said that like, Hey, would you just, could you do me? Could you do me right? Could you do me dirty? And the old man didn't even know what was going on. Like the old man didn't even recognize him. Cause how could you, he didn't smell like garbage and he didn't look like a troll. So he's just like, hey, listen, like I'm going to marry one of your daughters. And then the older girls, they they ran upstairs and they were like, "Okay, let's look as hot as possible. We're going to go back down there and the best chick win. And Bearskin, like this coy stud, he just goes and he drops half of the half of a ring into the wine cup that his girl was drinking. And she drank it and almost died. And then she realized like, oh, whoa, this guy's like, he's my, that was the dude who smelled like, like melting flesh. That was the guy who smelled like burnt hair, melting flesh and expired cheese. He looks good though. He doesn't smell like that now. I'm really fired up on this. So they got married. and. The older sisters were super rattled by this because they're like, wait, no, 
it can't be. What's the deal with this? This is bullshit. And one sister, she's like, I, I can't deal with this. So she, she hung herself in a rage and then the other one drowned herself. And I think that's ladies like just cool. it. you, you missed out on one guy. You'd be all right. And then that night, the devil knocked on the door and he's like, Hey, uh, Hey, bearskin. Hey, uh, <clears throat> hey, uh, hey, bearskin. And the guy goes up. He's like, devil, what do you want? And he's like, two souls for the price of one. Got him. And that was it. That's the end. So it's like kind of got some Beauty and the Beast vibes to it where it's like, am I really getting linked up with this disgusting mongrel, this feral being? But what's like a little bit different than Beauty and the Beast is like the chick didn't really do a whole lot, right? Like in Beauty and the Beast, Belle was like, hey, eat your porridge and don't pee on the carpet. But like in this, Bearskin was just kind of like hacking it solo. Interesting metaphors come out of that where it's like, hey, ladies, guys in the world, some of them, they're working hard and they aren't always going to smell great. Some guys are not good looking, but they've got good hearts. So maybe you give them a shot. Other themes of bare skin, stick to the plan right? Seven years, this guy was in it, but he, he committed. He said, oh, hell, I made a pact with the devil, but if I fudge up on this, I'm going to hell. I don't want to fudge up on a deal because then my soul will burn in a sulfuric inferno forever. I don't know if I'm willing to do that. Another great thing that this guy did, another big takeaway from this story, give to the poor. Do you think he would have made it through had he not gone up to those people and was like, hey, um, I have limitless money, but I'm going to need you to pray for me. Could you? That's nice, right? Other themes, this one's for the ladies, like maybe you don't judge a book by its cover, right? Maybe there's some hairy, smelly guy that's been trying to hit you up and you're not about it. But like, what if he shaved his face and got a haircut and dressed a little bit better? All of a sudden, game changer. But both stories, the sausage mouse and the bird and bear skin, both those stories had pretty depressing endings. And I respect that artistic style. How could you not? It'd be so easy in the sausage story to be like, oh, and then the dog barfed up the sausage. He was fine. And the mouse was like, I don't know how to cook. So he doesn't try. And then sausage is back to it. The bird kind of sacks up and he's like, yeah, whatever. I'll get the wood. And, um, you know, in this story, the older sisters, they didn't have to, that one didn't have to climb a chair and the other one didn't have to drown herself. And it's like, why did these stories end like that? Because 
it's a it's a warning message. I think people are used to the stories now and they think everything's a cookie cutter ending. But unless you freak kids out a little bit and be like, yeah, so then uh, then everybody died. The end. Good night. That's the difference between kids then and kids now is and parents then and parents now. Back then in the 1800s, parents were like, I'm going to tell my kid Hans this story where these two girls commit suicide and then and then he's going to go to bed. Very rough parenting style, but like, I don't know. Kids aren't very tough these days. And I don't know, maybe we roll the dice. You don't have so many complainy kids if we read them things like bearskin and the bird, the mouse, and the sausage and tell them, hey, life, it ain't easy. And sometimes you got to be in it to win it. You got to be in it for the long haul. And sometimes that's not always a fun time. Boy, the kids these days just want everything to be fun, right? Kids these days are the proverbial mouse, right? From the first story. They just want to set the table and then they have the rest of their day wide open to do God knows what. You know that mouse was doing heroin. It's pretty dark, but like if we're going to tell stories and be on brand with stories that made some pretty stalwart children, I'm all for it. Maybe you add that into the story if you're telling your kids, you're like, hey, I'd like to tell you about the tale of the bird, the mouse, and the bratwurst. And then when you get to the part you're describing the mouse, you'd be like, he didn't work very hard. And, and during the day, he had so much free time that all he did was play video games and do heroin. And, and that's it. Bearskin? There's so many great themes in Bearskin. How about the theme of the dad from Bearskin, the old man? I love the theme there. If you need help, ask for it, right? He wasn't too proud to go up to this guy who was just a walking shit-stained sandwich, at least from like a smell standpoint, and say, hey, pal, I could use a little bit of help. And really, he didn't even know that Bearskin could help him. He was just like, hey, I just want to kind of uh, air some stuff out. Nobody's really listening to me. And Bearskin was a good dude. He was like, I got nothing but time on my hands, man. Like, what do you got to say? And then he was like, ah, everything's going wrong. I'm, I'm going to go to jail. There's so many things. Oh, everything's messed up. But yeah, anywho, that's the Darby cast. And you're going to have to send this to somebody. You're going to have to loop people into what you've been up to. If this is somehow like your first episode and this is you tuning in, great choice. Great choice. You stepped in in a great one. Not going to say that every episode isn't great because it is, but I like this one. I think it's fantastic. Leave a review. Leave like a one sentence review, five stars, whatever you're listening to it on. Five stars. Quick review. I learned about birds getting bullied. Just put it out there. I learned about a sausage that could cook. I learned about a mouse that was addicted to heroin. I learned about the devil giving a guy a coat. 
You understand? You understand why that's important? And then have a little confidence when you talk about it, when you share it with somebody, be like, this is amazing. I spend my time doing this. I'm not afraid to tell you about it. I'm not. I listen to the Darby cast and it lights me up. It makes me think, makes me laugh, and it makes me feel great emotions and learn amazing things. Say it with confidence. As Kevin Hart would say, say it with jest. That was like his uncle, right? But do it. Just go for it. And some of you are like, fuck, like, ah. Some of you are like, oh, I want more. I want more. And you'll get yours because I've really taken a liking to these stories. And I said on the Rumpelstiltskin one, don't rule it out that this would become a folklore analysis podcast because I think some of the time I might just rip into that. It might take that kind of bend. There's so many stories out there that I would love to analyze and tell to the Darbycast doctors in a way that's like pretty chill. So people like, share, subscribe, send it, do it right, do it big.